Welcome one, welcome all to another edition of Gridiron Gallery. I am your host, Zach Common. Thank you very much for tuning in for a long-awaited extra episode of Gridiron Gallery. Let, let's just say, folks, if you didn't catch the update episode that is previous to this one, I recommend doing so. Just kind of getting into why I've been gone for some time. Uh, and the short and skinny is life. That's just how it is with most of these things. But you know what? We're back. And we got a lot of football news, actually, that's come down the pipeline since I've been gone. Some of the stuff I should have been covering in the first place. And I'm kind of going to get a catch up on it in this edition, specifically on the XFL side of things. I know a lot of you people listen into that XFL news, or at least the XFL takes I have. So I will get into that. Also, we do have a lot to discuss on the NFL front. Jesus, if you wanted to make an entire episode on the Washington Redskins, I was debating on doing that, but I need to give my take on the XFL. So we'll get that out of the way to start. I will get straight into the Redskins on mainly just the god-awful stories that are coming out of that franchise. I mean, it's it's nuts. It, it's nuts. It's ridiculous what has happened in Washington, and it's an embarrassment to the NFL. And so we will get into that. We'll get into the XFL story, and, you know, we'll just get back into the swing of things, guys. It's been a while. I'm happy I've been doing this, and I'm happy that I'm doing this on actually a weekly basis, not with this podcast, um, with another one that I will mention at the end of the video that I recommend you guys following and checking out. But without further ado, let's get into it. So to kick things off, we just got to bring up the XFL, because here's the deal, guys. The last time I talked XFL football on this podcast was on April 11th, right as the XFL basically kicked the can and they looked down and out and were about ready to just be sold off to the next highest guy that could have IP rights. But since April 11th, there have been a lot of seismic shifts with this whole ordeal. We had Vince McMahon supposedly thinking about rebuying the league under a debt type of like fire sale for tickets and for rebuying the league so that it could restart. Uh, we've had a lot of news on the fronts from XFL News Hub in particular, who I will credit again as being really staying in there and being troopers with this whole thing. Because honestly, they were the only XFL-oriented news site that I think 100% committed to following this till the bitter end, and it's paying off in dividends. So if any of them are listening here, especially uh, Mark Perry from XFL News Hub, who's been covering a lot of these stories I got to say thank you guys. You guys have been great at keeping me and many others in the community informed on what's going on with this league because we have been wanting to see if maybe there was that chance and you guys have been providing the stories that have shown that have shown us there is a chance for the XFL and even not just a chance, highly likely that this league is going to be back in some way, shape or form within the next two years. Some are even saying a year. I highly doubt it, but... I would like to see this league back in some way, shape, or form, and it's possible it might just be the same quality, too. Um, I mean, there's plenty of reports. We've had upwards of 30-plus potential bidders on this league that have been wanting to buy the XFL, and most of them want to buy the entire league. It's not just pieces that are being picked apart, like this is some sort of, like, sale where you're basically vulturing off the assets like say like the afl sale where it was a chapter 7 bankruptcy chapter 11 as we have talked about on this show and on other shows i've talked on too it's at least a little more redeemable you're able to restructure you're able to try and say i'm going to reset and try and start over so i can wipe the slate clean 
and get back to square one with my business. That was what Alpha Entertainment and Vince McMahon did, and that's where we're at now. So you have potentially 30-plus bidders that have come up into the spotlight in a lot of reports through the last now four or five months. Yeah, five months. Wait, no, four months. Four months, yes. Four months, that's right. I'm, I'm, t- I'm getting the, t- the dates right. But yes, in the last four months, you've had 30-plus bidders, and a lot of them are actually from the sports media or professional league standpoints, which makes me and many others ask, who is bidding on this? Who is going to own the XFL at the end of the day and is going to try and lead it back into something that it was going towards in the first place? It was a successful launch. Five game, five weeks. I have games. Five weeks in, this league had a lot of hype behind it and was still on top of its game, in my opinion. And it was only getting better. At the end of week five, we had just gotten, in my opinion, the best XFL game so far, and that was that forty-one to thirty-four game with the LA Wildcats against the Tampa Bay Vipers. It was a back-and-forth contest. It was almost overtime, which many of us still want to see. And it was at that point that people thought this was going to work. And I think that is what you see a lot of these bidders saying is going to be the case for the XFL and a chance to get it. Is that, hey, look, we were drawing in several million people a week. We had a product that was working for the most part. And we had ideas that were revolutionizing the game. And we could stand out. We proved along with, I would say, aspects of the Alliance of American Football, that spring football can be viable if it's put in the right hands. I think the XFL was definitely on the right path. If we were not in COVID-19 land like we are right now, I think we're still talking about a successful XFL 2020 season leading into 2021 and we would be talking about potential expansions we'd be talking about potential television deals and maybe disney and and espn and also with fox you know their fs1 branch maybe they were discussing on actually giving them money because a lot of underground stories that we had been reading about the xfl were that execs were impressed at the numbers that this league was getting so you talk about all that i can see why there's interest there's a ton of interest guys There are a lot of bidders out there that have signed NDAs to at least look at the assets, but there's a lot of people that are also serious about buying this league and possibly starting it with a good potential chance of getting it off the ground again. Now, you can think about this, too. There's a lot of sports leagues that are dealing with the pandemic right now. They're dealing with COVID-19, and there's not even even certainty, really, in all of this at all. I mean, we're talking NHL, NBA, and MLB are going to be starting at the end of July, which as of this recording, is about two weeks away. And we're going to see at least what is going to go down with those leagues and how they're going to handle COVID-19. Honestly, if I am being myself and everything I've read, you're better off waiting for a vaccine, but, you know, people want entertainment. This is the sports industry, and they've already stalled enough to finish this and try and get things underway. Money is, of course, becoming into the spotlight at this point. So, you know, that's what's affecting them. But you look at the XFL. They're kind of in a good spot, whoever buys them, especially if it's a high-quality buyer, like, say, rumored to be where Fox and Disney do some sort of merger on this and they try and buy the assets together and start the league. But that is a whole speculative point on its own. Point is, whoever buys this is going to have a chance to truly set it up again to A, be at the same level that Vince and company at Alpha Entertainment had when they had Oliver Luck running the show, and B... 
they're going to have a chance to succeed and maybe even thrive just because people are going to be ravenous for sports. And the XFL is football, which is the most popular sport in America. So put those two factors together. I think you have a winning formula. The third factor is going to be where are they going to broadcast on television? You know, ESPN obviously isn't part of the assets for this, as it's been mentioned in recent weeks that they are not wanting to be assets in this case. However, they've said that depending on the ownership, they would look forward to potentially working with them on a television deal. So ESPN's completely not completely out of the woods. We've heard nothing on the Fox end on anything related to that, but it's all good signs, guys. It's it's a lot of excitement again for this league just to see where it's going to go. I mean, not to mention that some of our favorite teams will be back in this fold as well. The Battlehawks, the Houston Roughnecks, the Seattle Dragons, those three teams are basically confirmed to whoever buys it. They're going to get those leases back. Those teams are going to be back. We haven't heard much about the other five. We've heard maybe that Dallas is definitely out of the running at least where they're at at a location. Maybe they'll do that whole Sam Jones Stadium that they were talking about. Uh, L.A. and New York are probably out if they restart. D.C. is the one that makes me scratch my head because I think Washington, D.C. deserves to have that team back. I didn't hear anything about the stadium lease with Audi Field, but if I had to take a guess, I would think that that would be a team to bring back. That was a great setting for football games. So if you add that into assets, you add into all the bidders, there's a lot of excitement, guys, and there's a lot of key dates coming up as well. So as of this recording, and this is July 17th that I am recording this, uh, there are three particular dates we are looking out for. One of them in two weeks, by the way, roughly two weeks at 13 days. You know, you, you get what I'm saying. Uh, July 30th is the first step in this whole process of who's going to buy it. So July 30th, all the bids on the XFL are due uh, with the auction being held then being and by auction, I mean, auctioning all the assets, the intellectual properties and the equipment. You know what I'm saying? Basically, the auction for that will then go in on August 3rd. Whoever then buys it will then have a final hearing with bankruptcy courts on August 7th. August 7th, we will learn who owns the XFL. So a lot of stuff is going to be coming out pretty shortly. I know I will be covering it hands down because considering the XFL is one of the sports properties I have been most excited about in the last year and a half, I definitely want this to thrive. I want to continue talking about it. And the fact that I'm even back talking about it after I made a farewell podcast episode on April 11th is insane in its own right. And guys, you got to be excited. Don't just be excited because I am. Be excited because we're going to get more football again. And I'm hoping to God it is one of those companies that can live to the expectations that Vince McMahon, Alpha Entertainment, and, well, technically the WWE, were trying with this second iteration. So watch out for it. It's going to be fun. And I am so anxious for whoever's going to get this league. You know, speaking of football, obviously the NFL is in the spotlight many at times right now specifically with how it's going to handle COVID-19. There's a lot of uncertainty with the league and its seasons, in particular football in general, whether it's professional or college, there's a lot of uncertainty on how this is going to pan out. And there's also a lot of just not much communication, according to a lot of people that are in the media world that have been following how the NFL is conducting its policies on COVID-19. I know for a fact, J.J. Watt, for example, has been one of the vocals that have been saying, hey, when are we going to get guidelines as players on how this all works out? 
And especially when you look at the NFL, it's not just now about the communication now, similar to how the MLB was having issues with their players union and the owners. The same thing is going to be happening pretty soon with the NFL players union as money issues are starting to come into effect as owners, I think, are finally starting to realize that they're not going to be having full stadiums. And I found it hilarious that at one point there were NFL execs that said, oh yeah, full stadiums is totally going to happen in the fall. There's no restrictions that'll be in effect. There's no restrictions that are going to screw this all up. And I just laughed and I said, yeah, right. Because it was not going to be a certain thing. And as many of the experts have said, and by the way, listen to the experts. I don't care if you're a skeptic or not, but these are medical professionals. Science is an ever-changing field, and this virus is ever-changing. They're trying their best to understand it, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to trust them more than some Joe Schmo that doesn't exactly work in that field and is basing it on some sort of conspiracy or whatever you call it. Anyway, back on track thing is the nfl has not been exactly understanding of what its situation is and now we have arrived here and you know it's funny because that lead-in wasn't exactly what i wanted to talk about but it's part of the nfl's kind of image problem right now with how it's looking at the moment uh one team however seems to be putting the nfl in a really bad spotlight of course, as of today, um, or at least a report that released the day before this recording uh, from the Washington Post, as the Washington Redskins now have had 15 different women come out against them and Dan Schneider's inner circle claiming that there is a horrible trend, horrible culture, horrible atmosphere of sexual harassment in Washington for the NFL team that is in Washington, D.C., because they're not known by that racial term for Indians anymore. I'm not going to name the term just because it's racial. And to put that to bed, you can look that up. It says what it means when you look up that R word, as I'm going to name it. But to add on to this point, they have done so much damage to the NFL in the span of a few weeks. First off, you have different sponsors that are leaving this team. You have minority owners that are trying to get the hell out of Dodge from Washington, D.C. You have play by play announcers or the voice of the Washington Redskins. I said it. I said it. Yes, I did. I didn't mean to. It's a force of habit. It's like how I say the San Diego Chargers. Oh, no, I said that too. I was meaning that Los Angeles Chargers. You know what I mean. You know very well what I mean. You know. I made a, I made a boo boo. Eventually, the Washington team will get a new name. But anyway, you have you have many problems in DC right now. People leaving overnight suspiciously. You have a lot of women that have claimed sexual harassment in your office. And it's not just that it's women that have apparently had this stuff done to them when it's behind closed doors or when it's away from ownership and and their inner circle. It's the inner circle. We're talking Dan Schneider's cronies that work for DC, or at least they used to work for the DC team, such as Alex Santos, who was the team's former director of player personnel, who, of course, was accused by many an employee out of this report uh, for making central for making sexual advances or comments. And that's just one of them. You know, that that's one employee out of several. 
And I know the DC team is trying their best to do a quote-unquote internal review. But the question is, how much of a thorough review is this going to be? That That's the bigger question here. What is, what is going on in DC? Why is this all turning into some sort of like ticking time bomb out there? I mean, we, we all know Dan Schneider's kind of a scumbag anyway. And you can argue with me on that point on on the on comments later down the road but we we all know Dan Schneider's kind of a scumbag. We we know how he conducts his team. We know how long it took for him to finally break for changing the name of the team, which sure surely enough shows how much money can infect a team. It's not like the Redskins are swimming in it. They haven't exactly been able to fill stadiums cuz they're an embarrassment to the DC community right now. But What's even more embarrassing is when you embarrass the entire NFL and you embarrass the NFL with just utter garbage. That is the team's front office culture with this sexual harassment article by the Washington post, you know, and I, I hate to even read this. I hate to read that anyone went through a uncomfortable situation of sorts, a ridiculous situation in our modern society. Yes, 2006 was 14 years ago, but even then, that's unacceptable. Anything in the 21st century like that is unacceptable. You you and many others own one of the richest franchises in NFL history in terms of the historical aspects of the team when it comes to its foundations in the NFC, when it comes to how its standing is in the NFL in the historical period of the NFL's growth. And ever since Dan Schneider has taken over the Redskins in, I believe, 1999, I think it was, it's just been a downhill spiral. And it keeps to be a downhill spiral. This Washington Post article just continues to add to that effect that DC fans have nothing to be excited about, or at least they've had very little to be excited about in recent years. And now everyone's asking a question. Is Dan Schneider going to leave? Is he going to sell the team? Is he going to move on? Is he going to do the right thing? A lot of people I laugh because it's like, is he going to do the right thing? Well, I don't know. Is it the right thing for his pocket or is it right thing for ethics? Because if we're following it based on previous other encounters, then, you know, maybe this is the right play. Because here's the deal. If the NFL is going to conduct this like they have in the past to similar accusations, such as a.k.a. Jerry Richardson when he sold the Carolina Panthers, Schneider should be out. And I know it wasn't exactly directly Schneider, according to the 15 women that have brought these allegations forward, at least in some way. Uh, There's only been one that has actually come out and spoken on the record at this point. Uh... 14 others have either stated that they're in fear of what could happen legally or NDAs might be messing up what their chances are to talk and put on the record. But only one, Emily Applegate, who worked in 2014 for the team, is actually speaking out and at least trying to fill in the gaps that most of us want to hear from the other women on this discussion. So you have to ask yourself, is Schneider liable at this chance to sell the team? I'm going to say no. 
at the moment. And it's not because this is that it's not wrong. This is horribly wrong. All this that's going on is terrible. And this is all on him. He owns this team. He should be knowing what's going on in his own office. It's not that hard. If you work with the team, if you own this team, you should be able to know what's going on inside your own building. It's not that hard. It's not like you should be out of the office all the time. You have to interact with these people. You have to interact with these people. So, But the thing that's going to be the uh, kind of the smoking gun here, if you're comparing him to Jerry Richardson, Jerry Richardson was directly accused. Dan Schneider wasn't. So the question then becomes, does that equate the same way to selling the franchise? And I can I can... I just can say I'm not sure. I, I don't know if it will. I I think there's going to be a lot of pressure from people. I think in his best interest, he should sell the franchise. In the end, with all that's been going on, with all this mess, even with the team retaining the attorney of Beth Wilkinson, who has been apparently a mega attorney in the sports world, this just does not change much. And this is just a black eye. It's another black eye on the DC franchise. They've already been on the bad side of things, rubbing fans the wrong way for several years now. And now you are rubbing NFL fans, general NFL fans, the wrong way. With sexual assault allegations, with terrible office culture stories, with of course, trying to resist a name change that I keep asking myself more and more as I read that, why did it take so long? Is the thing. Why did that take so long? You have all these things compounding into this black eye, this ugly mess in DC. And really it revolves around the owner himself. And DC fans and to DC fans out there, I have to say one thing. I have to say one thing to you guys. When does Schneider... uh, And to DC fans out there, I have to ask one thing, like many of you already ask. What does it take to remove a terrible owner? What does it take to remove an owner that is detrimental to the fan base of an organization, to the history of an organization, to the image of an organization? What does it take What does it take to get someone out of their own way? And we're going to find out. I think there's going to be a lot to reckon with with some of these investigations that the NFL and DC is going to do. I think we're not done hearing details of these stories because I kind of want to see what happens with these 14 other women that haven't been able to speak on the record because I want to hear their side of the story. I want to hear their stories, which obviously is locked up behind an NDA or legal issues. But I want to hear them. I want to hear what went down. And at this point, I would not mind. I definitely haven't been for a while, but I would not mind seeing Dan Schneider just say, I'm ready to move on. Because it's about time, I think. I think for DC fans, it has been about time. And I think they're getting sick and tired of being jerked around by a man that either A, strokes his ego a little too much, or B, doesn't know what the hell he's doing with one of the NFL's most proud franchises. 
Well, for now, guys, that's going to do it on this edition of Gridiron Gallery. Thanks for tuning in. Again, we got a lot coming up here with NFL and XFL news. Uh, and be checking out some CFL content here as well, I would say, soon. I, I've been hearing rumblings that the CFL is trying to get their season back up and running and that both the players' union for the CFL and the owners have already kind of agreed on a deal. So, there's potential that that might be some storylines coming up too, but I'm getting back into this. I am happy to be doing these episodes, and really, I'm just happy that there's still football out in the world that I am happy to be reporting on. So guys, thank you very much. Uh, if you want to be able to keep up with the podcast, be sure to hit a subscribe button on wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm basically on every service at this point. You can go on any service and you'll find my podcast. Any of the major services, you know, Pandora, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it, I'm on it. Trust me, you'll be able to find Gridiron Gallery. Search Gridiron Gallery. And be sure to like us on Facebook and on Twitter in particular. Those are the two places you'll find Gridiron Gallery content the most, or at least the Social media platforms will give you stuff that you might want to read into. Otherwise, that's where you'll find episodes all the time. Again, so long, everyone. Enjoy your day, your week, or whatever it is that you are in that you're listening into this show, and stay tuned.